Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And our special guest today is State Senator Angela Williams, who represents District 33. Correct. All right. So, Senator Williams, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Because we're going to get into the death penalty and talk about trying to abolish that. But it'd be good for people to know you a little bit. Well, thank you. Deacon Jeff, for having me here today. I'm State Senator Angela Williams. I represent Senate District 33, and that consists of the communities of Green Valley Ranch, Montbello, and Stapleton, all of Park Hill, City Park, Whittier, Cole. Um, It's a fairly large district. I've been serving— And diverse, too. And very diverse, and not just ethnically. We have young people, we have old people, we have millennials. Um, it's, It's an honor to serve Senate District 33. I served in the Colorado State Legislature for going on my ninth year now. Okay. I served six years in the House of Representatives, and I'm in my third year at the State Senate. So well, it's great. great to be here with you today. Well, it's great having you, and this is uh, an important topic that we need to discuss, and everybody has their opinions on it. But we really want to talk about today uh, the abolition of the death penalty. And what I'd like to find out from you is— why is this a bill that you wanted to sponsor? What's what's your passion behind this? Oh, thank you, Deacon Jeff. My passion around this is in serving in the legislature and understanding the criminal justice system and the inequ- the inequities of sentencing. Um, and to see that the three men on death row now are all African American. And so, you know, if you're black and you cre- if you commit a, a heinous crime, it's pretty high percentage that you could automatically just be um, given the death sentence. And so I see all of the work behind it in our criminal justice system of the inequities. Um, it, we know that the death penalty does not curb any type of criminal activity. We know it's expensive to the state. Um, When you look at my um, values and Christianity, you know, I believe that it is God who creates life and is God who ends life, right? It's it's the um, sanctity of life, right? right? Right. Um, God has created us in his likeness and his image. And I believe that people need to... um, live that life that God gives them and that it is not man's decision to decide when we are born and when do we die. Yeah, the minute we start playing God, we're in deep trouble. We're in deep trouble, I agree. And, it, you know, the, the bishops put out a statement a few years ago that says, all human life from conception to natural death, including the life of a convicted murderer, has intrinsic value. For the sake of our own humanity, we need to turn away from a mistaken idea of justice-based in practice and further and unneeded violence. I mean, the point is people repent. The other point is sometimes mistakes are made. And when you support the death penalty, both of those get taken out of play. It's too late if they find out somebody was innocent after the fact. And, you know, we want the creator to be the judge, not us. I agree with you on that, Deacon Jeff. Um, You know, people do make mistakes in life. And, you know, it's about life's learnings. And I think for us as a Catholic community and a Christian community, 
You know, there's forgiveness out there, too. People need to have an opportunity to rehabilitate if they've made a mistake. Um, And that happens every day. But to put someone to death to try to solve our social issues is inhumane. And I don't think that's our decision to make. The state of Colorado hasn't used um, the death penalty since 1997. Yeah, and before that, it had been like 20, 30 years before that. So really, there's been one execution in like 50, 60 years, Mm -hmm. and we still have murder. We still have things going on, even though that was on the books. So obviously, it's not a deterrent. And I've looked at some, you know, some things online where the South has a disproportionate amount of states that support the death penalty, and they say it's not a deterrent. They have more crime. So it's not like people see that and go, hmm, I'm not going to do that because this could happen to me. Well, there's about um, 17 other states that have repealed the death penalty in our country. And if you look at the inequities in sentencing, um, it's very, very high among African-Americans. Well, you have a lot of African-Americans living in the South. Right. 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 You're right. And, you know, I think people know what Pope Francis has said about the death penalty. But if you really read the writings of St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI, they were all leading to that anyway, right? Because we live in a society where the criminal justice system can keep us safe. It's not like we're afraid people are going to be walking out of jails right and left. So there's not that danger to society once someone's been apprehended that we have to worry about. And, you know, I've, I've read all of the um, papers from from the Vatican, you know, going back to John Paul II, um, Benedict, you look at Francis, and everything they write does lead up to this. And I, I am very um, proud and happy that the church, the Catholic Church, is taking a big lead on this, not just in Colorado, but across the country. When you look at what um, the value of human life is, you know, you're right. We put people in jail to solve our social issues and thinking that it's going to keep us safe. And there are so many other forms to um, reform people, to rehabilitate people. Um, Yes, we do have laws to protect the health and the safety and the welfare of Coloradans, but just to put people in jail for the sake of maybe making a mistake, but maybe they did create or commit a heinous crime, but the judicial system is there to deal with that. We just got to make sure it's a fair system. Yeah, and it has to be fair. I mean, that's the point. And if you take the death penalty off the table, then hopefully it becomes more fair, right? Then that's not an inequity that we see with a certain race or certain people for committing a crime because, look, if you kill somebody, you kill somebody, right? Right. And we know what the commandment is, thou shall not kill. That's right. And that's not our decision. Pretty, pretty explicit. Pretty explicit. And so we need to follow it. I know a lot of people have mixed feelings on this, but, you know, if you think about it, think about St. Paul, right? Had They had the death penalty back then, right? And he was killed for killing Christians. Mm-hmm we would not have had St. Paul and all his letters that we read today. That that missionary who went out to the Gentiles could have been killed for his actions, but he repented. And people have to have that opportunity to repent. 
I agree with you. I think, I mean, go back further than that, I think, is when, you know, look what happened when Cain killed his brother Abel. Yeah, that didn't go so well. That didn't go so well. No. But the Lord didn't have him killed for doing it. That's right. right? The Lord was forgiving and he had mercy. That's right. Now, there was a penalty to pay, but, you know, death was not the penalty. Death was not the penalty. Uh, It was banishment and, you know, not being able to grow anything from the soil and all that. And we just had those readings not too long ago from Genesis. He was rehabilitated. That's, well. By the Lord's will. Part of it, yeah. Yeah. That blood crying out in the ground may have had something to do with it. Um, But it is important that we talk about the why behind it. And part of the reason that we talk about it is sometimes mistakes are made, right? People are convicted of crimes that they haven't committed, and even if it's not murder. And so are we really sure, even if we have it, that we got the right person, right? Well, it's interesting you bring this up because I passed a bill in 2015 that was called Compensation for the Wrongly Convicted. And Robert Dewey and I became good friends because he served 18 years in prison for a crime he did not commit. But thankfully to the evidence of being able to use DNA now, Robert was freed. Right. And I know if you've been reading the papers this week, Clarence Moses L. Mm -hmm. was convicted of a crime and he was proven innocent. 28 years of his life taken away and i think it leads to what you just described now on the on the legislative side because we've taken um there all this time away from them from their families just from life you know i don't know and i'm pretty sure that compensation for the wrongly convicted helps them from being out of society but there we can't give them back 28 years of their life no you can't put a price on that and i can't put a price on it well well, I tried to make an injustice right, justice. Right. You know, both of them have spoken about the birthdays that they're, they've missed, their kids growing up. Um, we can't give that back to them, which life is so precious. It is. And, and family's the cornerstone of everything. And if you take a father out of the picture who didn't do anything wrong, and look, that doesn't happen all the time, but it shouldn't happen at all. And we need to protect, because what if what if he'd actually killed somebody and been convicted, right? There's a high likelihood he wouldn't be alive today. He wouldn't be alive today. And then you found out he's innocent, and then what? I mean, it's, it is, again, I know people are on both sides of this. And one of the things I, I did want to ask was, have you gotten any pushback or have you talked to any victims of crime? How, what, how do they feel about uh, the abolition of the death penalty? You know, I believe that when you look at this, it's it's very close to home because uh, we've had two legislators at the state house who have actually had their sons taken away by gunfire. Um, and so, one was in the theater shooting. And one was in the theater shooting. Right. Um, and we have to be; um, those are victims. And I think that those who are victims, uh, we hope and pray every day that they are able to forgive but it's it's a it's a hard fact i mean i think if i lost my son to gunfire i'd probably have a totally different view on this also but i think we have to be sensitive we do have um some victims who have who have forgiven their aggressors sure and they and they realize by taking human life 
does not take away their pain. And I always refer to the story um, when Timothy McVeigh and the Alfred P. Murrah building, mm-hmm. I had yeah. a family member walk out of the backside of the Alfred P. Murrah building. I had coworkers in and children in a YMCA childcare who died in that building. I had family members who passed that building two minutes before it blew up. And, and as we watch the, the, the evolution of the trial of Timothy McVeigh and the pain that it caused so many people in the state of Oklahoma, um, we talked about on the day that he was put to death by lethal injection, he went to sleep. He didn't suffer. Mm-hmm. He went to sleep. He did not suffer. And the pain of all of the victims of the Oklahoma City bombing are still alive and exist today. So for those on the family side who had lost loved ones, you know, putting that aggressor to death does not take away their pain. And if I remember correctly, and I think it was Pope John Paul II, may have been Pope Benedict, I can't remember the timing of his uh, execution, they actually asked for a stay. They actually asked that Timothy McVeigh not be put to death. Now, it didn't. nobody listened. Nobody but, listened. But they reached right. out even way back then. So this isn't some new uh, idea that just kind of cropped up within the church. The I mean, popes if, have been following this for a while. If you... You know, if you're a member of society, and, and Timothy Bay and so many others are a member of society, and they, they commit these heinous crimes, um, to live in a five-by-five five cell for the rest of their lives is really— That's punishment. That's punishment. Yeah. That's punishment. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, we really have to look at— they are being punished. There is an opportunity to repent. The other thing I think we need to look at is what was their upbringing? You know, I was watching some videos before we got together to, to do this, and there was one that Ted Bundy had done back, and it was like just a four or five minute clip. And he talked about how he had gotten into pornography and how all that kind of escalated into what he was doing. And, you know, other killers, how they were brought up and, you know, very bad family situations and they were abused so it doesn't excuse an act but i think it does put context around what we're dealing with broken people well it's interesting you bring that up because you know nathan dunlap um governor hickenlooper commuted his sentence but if you read the files of nathan dunlap and you understand the environment that he grew up in very abusive, broken families. Um, it brought tears to my eyes when I read Nathan Dunlap's file. Yeah, I mean, no one should be subjected to that. No one. Right? And But if that's all you know, I mean, then you act out in a manner of how you were brought up. I mean, we're a product of our environment, whatever that environment is, good, bad, or indifferent. Um So just as a reminder, this is Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett. We're talking to State Senator Angela Williams about uh, repealing of the death penalty. Um, What kind of bipartisan support do you have for this? We currently have bipartisan support in the 
state senate. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that the the numbers aren't high, but those who um, have expressed an interest, not all of them are secure, um, share the faith that we do, and they understand it's important. Um, and their belief is is that the death penalty should be repealed. But I do believe we we have bipartisan support in the state Senate. So what is it that people can do? How can people listening uh, affect whether this gets passed or doesn't? You know, advocacy is important. And in working with the Catholic Conference and meeting with the bishops, um, we will probably get this out of committee because of the, um, the Democratic control mm-hmm. at the state house. Um, when we get to the floor on second readings, uh, we have more votes to count. And I think it's going to be critically important that the Catholic Conference activate their, their network, reaching out to all legislators in the Senate to express um, the need to repeal the death penalty. They can also send emails, which we can work with the Catholic Conference on letters that they can blast out to all legislators and don't just target Catholics. I mean, there's there's other faiths there in the state capitol. And even if they don't have a faith, still con- still reach faith, out to still, them. Uh, but we're really, you know, working with all faiths to help us with this. They can send emails. They can make phone calls. Um, they can reach out to their legislators and, and express their importance. And to do that in numbers is how you get the attention of legislators. So be active. And, you know, you mentioned the Colorado Catholic Conference. You can go on that webpage, cocatholicconference.org. And remember, that is the webpage for the Colorado Catholic Conference. Um, but you can just type in your address and it'll tell you who all your elected officials are. It, exactly. You and can I, go to that. Yeah. And I know they're going to be sending out alerts to let people know kind of where we are, what's going on, and then what's the call to action? What can they do? But people need to be aware. If you want to make sure the death penalty gets repealed, don't just assume somebody else is going to stand up and say it. We all need to stand up and say it. And Deacon Jeff, also don't assume just because Democrats have the trifecta. And I've heard that, that once or gonna, twice. That it's going to that it's going to pass. Okay, this is um, very individual type of decisions to make um, on repealing the death penalty. So I, I can't stress that enough. Don't just assume because Democrats control that we're going to get this out. And we're going to need everyone. Um, we're looking at um, introducing the bill sometime before the budget hits, which is March the 26th. As we get that scheduled together, um, we will make sure we're working with the Catholic Conference so you'll know the dates. I'm sure we'll have a big um, press conference. We need everyone to come out and show their support at that event also. Well, we get a lot, you know, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, whatever. There are some issues that it doesn't matter who you are. We just need to stand up for it because it's right. And this is one of them, right? When we're talking about the dignity of human life from conception through natural death, and I know you voted against the Death with Dignity Act or, you know, euthanasia, whatever it's called, uh, about taking the, you know, letting people at the end of their lives be killed. So you're not a one issue. Senator, right? It's it, this is who I am. Life matters. Life matters, and I think what's also important to understand is that I think when we get to the pearly gates, I don't think the Lord's going to ask us if we were Democrat or Republican. He's going to ask you, "What did you do 
for life and help mankind. Well, that's right. And uh, if you do get there and I'm in line, get into another line because <laughs> I'm afraid that, that that won't go quickly. Uh, I'll have a lot to answer for. But you're right. At, at some point, you know, Psalm 139 reminds us God sees everything. Even the dark is as light as the day. So we're not kidding anybody. But I think when we look at it, if Christ were sitting across from us, how would we justify killing another human, even if they've committed an atrocious crime? How would we convince him that he's wrong and we're right? That would be hard. That would be a hard sell. (laughs) Hey, whether you're Democrat or Republican or Independent, that's going to be a hard sell. That's a hard sell. (laughs) And I'm a convert, so I had a couple questions when I was coming into the church, and I'd always picture my Jesus sitting in the other chair, and never once was I able to figure out how to convince him I was right and he was wrong, which is probably a good thing. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. Um, so we have that coming up. The Colorado Catholic Conference is going to push it. You know, you mentioned you've actually met with all four bishops of Colorado to have this discussion. How did that go? You know, it was it was an honor to be able to meet with all of of the bishops of the Catholic Conference. Um, they are 100, 200 percent behind repealing the death penalty. I'm I'm excited um, to be working in partnership with the Catholic Conference. Um, and the Catholic Church's role in helping to repeal the death penalty. Well, that's one thing we can say about the Catholic Church. It has people on both sides who don't like us, depending on what side you take, right? It takes the side of Christ, and we all know his end didn't come too well here on this earth for, for preaching the truth. And that's one of the things we need to remember, that is, even if it's difficult for us to embrace or understand, at some point we have to realize that God is the author of life, and we're not. And when we think we are, bad things happen. Bad things happen. We got to be open minded. We got to be conscious to Christ and where, you know, He's leading us. So many times as humans, we want to take control of His work. And it, it really takes time for us to just sit back for a minute and let's follow His footsteps. Yeah. And it's what's the old saying if it's not broken, don't fix it. So. I don't think he's he has anything that he created that's broken, so there's really no need for us to fix it. Uh, also, if people want to track this bill and, and other bills, they can go to www.ledgeleg.colorado.gov and just find out where the bill is, where it is in process, what's going on, and you can kind of follow the life or death of a bill uh, by just going on that webpage. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, just go to that webpage, and we have... We've updated our web page, and you can just go to the box that pops up as soon as you get on the face page, and you can just put in a subject, death penalty. Everything about the death penalty will pop up. It could be health care. Everything is going <laughs> to pop up. Um, so we, we've made it more user-friendly. If anyone has questions um, about the legislation and or wants to reach out to my office, my office number at the state capitol is 303-866-4864. Or you can email me at sen, S-E-N, dot Williams, dot S-D, 33, at gmail.com. Well, it's good you could remember all that. I would have been in, I would have been in deep trouble. I have to make the simplest email possible. Otherwise, I wouldn't even know how to email myself. Uh, you know, it was interesting. You know, you've talked about how your faith has influenced this. Have you been thinking about this legislation for a while, and this was just the right opportunity? What's kind of the genesis of that? 
you know, repeal the death penalty has been introduced um, several times at the state legislature under the leadership of different legislators. And I've had an opportunity, I have not had an opportunity to actually vote on it because it was killed based upon the fact whether we were in the minority or the majority or a split chamber. Right. And to have the majority um, in the state Senate and the House and the governor's office. And oh, by the way, Governor Jared Polis has told me he will sign repeal the death penalty if it makes it to his desk. That's why so many of you out in the listening audience are so important. But um, the the opportunity and let's say the stars lined up or the Lord just said, okay, (laughs) this is your time. But I saw the opportunity to repeal the death penalty, um, working with some of my other colleagues that I've been able to be the lead on it. And and I'm very um, committed I'm passionate about repealing the death penalty for the people of Colorado. Well, and again, there's been one execution in 50 or 60 years. There's three people on death row now. So it's not like people aren't killing people in Colorado. So obviously it's not a deterrent. Um, You said there is an inequity on terms of who gets put on death row versus who doesn't get put on death row. Um, and if you have a good legal team, you can probably make sure that gets off the table and not everybody can afford a good legal team. But what also occurs is that uh, prosecutors use the death penalty to try to get someone to admit to something, right, or to a crime. So it's used in a, as a tool in a very different way. Right. And right. that's a lot what I'm sure the public does not see. When, you know, there is a trial, it's like, okay, you're going to get the death penalty, so go ahead and plead guilty. Well, what, what is one to do being put in that situation? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine being put in that situation. But so anyway, I want to, we just have a few seconds left. I do want to thank Senator Angela Williams from District 33, I always forget that, uh, for coming in and really talking about the death penalty, how we can repeal it. And to remind us that we have a part to play in this, this is by no means a sure thing. We need to make sure that we write, that we call, and even go to town hall meetings and let our legislators know that we support not only this bill that Senator Williams has put up, but something that the bishops are very uh, against in terms of the death penalty, making sure that that gets repealed. So. Thanks for listening to Catholic Radio, Respect Life Radio, and this is Deacon Jeff Bennett.